Hello everyone and welcome back to Q-Chan Ed with your host uh, Q-Chan. You can also call me Mr. Q, that's how a lot of people call me. So starting this uh, podcast has been very interesting and yeah, as you can see, I, I got a, a little new toy over here and uh, hopefully it makes the quality, the sound quality better. Um, I do have another microphone that I'm testing and um, I'm going to be switching between both so it'll be nice to know. Uh, which do you guys prefer? So maybe this microphone might be better. It, it was a little bit more expensive than the other one that I used. It's, it's a hook-on. Uh, so yeah, welcome today. So maybe again, one more time, as I always say, sit down, grab a cup of coffee, uh, get on your sofa, and do whatever you want. So today's topic, um, yesterday, not yesterday, the past episode, we were talking about screen time and uh, the let's say the effects, the negative effects of screen time, mainly on young, uh, in young children. So uh, most of this podcast will be focusing on young children. We're not really going to be touching that much on adults uh, because most of my background is mainly just focusing in children. Uh, yeah. So in today's episode is basically we're going to be talking about like how to raise bilingual children. So we will be discussing the different strategies uh, for supporting bilingual children with mostly uh, monolingual uh, parents. So we had another episode regarding about the difficulties for monolingual parents to encourage their child uh, or encouraging bilingualism in, in at home or just encouraging bilingualism itself. So it might be a little bit uh, complicated in the beginning especially for monolingual parents if you're a bilingual parents consider yourself super lucky so that's super great uh but if you're a monolingual parent but yeah so maybe uh, stay tuned and this might be helpful for you and also if you're a monolingual parent i apologize that i'm not doing the podcast in japanese i will be doing some uh japanese podcasts in the future but for the time being i would like to just increase the amount of podcast that I'm doing in English and hopefully this also can be helpful for parents and the parents that who that know me that's that would be great uh, if you would give me some suggestions for example like slow down or maybe I'm speaking too fast so like I mentioned like slow down would be maybe better okay so raising a bilingual child can definitely be uh, incredibly incredibly challenging uh, but it can also be beautiful, it can be rewarding, and that's mainly if you allow yourself to understand where your child is coming from, and at the same time, understanding that uh, not, it's not going to be perfect from the get-go. So that is very interesting. Okay, so if you're a monolingual parent with a bilingual child, number one thing is please do not worry. There are... Especially nowadays, if we were talking about like in our in our times, like 30 years ago, even 50, 60 years ago, it would be definitely way more difficult and a bit more scary uh, situation to uh, create or encourage uh, a good environment for your bilingual child. So please don't worry. That's the, the most important thing. The reason why you do not need to worry is because there are a lot a lot a lot of resources out there and also strategies that you can use to support your uh, child's language development so let's go through 
them um, segment by segment and possibly I can give you as well some uh, tips and uh, tricks as we move forward. But mainly I just want to define um, the, the issues that might be happening and also uh, encouraging your bilingual child uh, a little bit more so they're not scared of the language. Okay, so number one would be encouraging the use of both languages. So the first step is definitely supporting your bilinguals, uh, your child's bilingual development is to encourage the use of both languages. This can be done by speaking to your child in the language you're most comfortable with and encouraging them to speak with friends and family members who speak the other language. So this might be a little bit difficult, for example, in Japan, where uh, most students at international schools tend to be in Japanese. Um, if you do go to like a super high-end international school, definitely you will see more foreign students over there. So like this could be most likely and hopefully there's a family member that is semi-fluent in English or you could go back to the our first episode in which I spoke about the categories of bilingualism, the different categories for bilingualism, and maybe uh, something there can happen. Okay. The other thing is you can also find resources such as bilingual books and videos to help your child development, uh, develop their skills in both languages. So this is good. Like you can go to bookstores like uh, Kinokuniya is one that has plenty of books in English, uh, usually all the way at the back, but they do have uh, children's books. So it would be uh, interesting if you could go there and maybe look at the books with your child and choose together. Uh, something that I tell my parents all the time is that routine and consistency is is definitely the most important thing when raising a child. And this is not just in bilingualism or in any for any language. This is basically for everything. Having set routines is definitely going to help your child develop quicker. Uh, and also time management. They would be able to understand time management since, okay, it's six o'clock. This is going to happen at six o'clock. Every time before bedtime, this is happening. Every time before ofudo time, this is going to happen. So setting clear routines, it is crucial, crucial for your uh, child's development. Okay, um, there's another place. I, I forget the name of the bookstore that I go to and it's in... Uh, Umeda. You can also find plenty of books over there. So once I find uh, Junkudo, Junkudo. I think the name is Junkudo. And Junkudo, you can also find. I think you have to go to the fourth floor or fifth floor if you live in Osaka, uh, in Umeda, and you will definitely find bunch of books for children. And again, bring your child over there. Look at the books together, and yeah, just find the one that uh, I don't know sounds or looks the most interesting for you. And even if the cover looks pretty cool and the main story of the book, it is not as interesting, make it interesting, okay? So when you're reading a book, make voices. You know, there's always, uh, my mom used to teach kindergarten and she said to me that whenever it was Halloween, she would make this like witch laugh and she would go like, yeah! And it's so cool because right now I, I'm, I'm teaching the first grade and I'm doing a drama club. And when I look at my at my kids, okay, first let's try making voices. And the simple one is, for example, let's pretend to be Santa Claus and like ho, 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 but just going witch. It is super fun. So I do, I do recommend uh, doing something like that. If the book is boring, 
you can ma definitely make it interesting. And this goes for everything. You might have, uh, let's say, an, an activity that you don't like. For example, I, I love running and sometimes running can be boring because you just go on and on and on and on. So make it interesting, okay? Try and think about funky things and in the story, you can change completely the the story that wouldn't matter. Uh, and then rereading re the story over and over again, creating characters in that story is also incredibly recommendable. Okay, so number two, and I would say this number two one is the one that helped me the most. Uh, as probably, I don't know how many of you know, but okay, yes, I was born in America, but I lived in America until I was four or five. To be honest, I don't really remember. So uh, then we moved to Mexico, and all my family is Mexican, so we basically speak speak Spanish to to each other. So, but I did go. I was lucky enough to go to an international school, and yeah, my teachers were from Canada, Minnesota. Boston. I don't remember the the other ones, but the ones that are there in my heart and I remember their names still uh, were, were from those uh, countries. So, uh, finding a bilingual role model, and this one doesn't have to be an actor. It doesn't have to be anyone, uh, a big YouTuber, a big TikToker. No, no, just someone that you see and it's motivating to see this person. You love the way that they sound. So just a, a quick story. When I was in university, I had the opportunity to go to a Korean international foundation, foundation and I went to a camp, a summer camp. And in that summer camp, it was the first time as an adult or adultish, young adult, that I met people from other countries. And, and I met people from Canada, from America, uh, New Zealand, and I remember where else but there were a lot of native english speakers so they it was a two-day camp i stayed uh in a room with a canadian guy and i think it was an american guy i, I don't re really remember i do remember the canadian and when i was talking to him he said to me you're really fluent you're really good but you have a very thick accent and i was <laughs> to be honest i had no idea i didn't really care about accents back then so I didn't really care. So when I was like 19, 18, 19, my, I had a really strong accent. I can't mimic it anymore, but I do have some friends that do this. For example, you have uh, the numbers and you can say, call them like one, two, three or first, second, third. So instead of saying one, two, three, I would say one, two, three. <laughs> I, I still remember that it was really embarrassing to do that. But the other, the TH, oh my goodness, that was definitely one of the most difficult sounds uh, that uh, that I struggled with. So I would do something like, uh, what was it? One, two, three. So the three, I couldn't say the three yeah, with a TH. Uh, saying the word girl was incredibly difficult. I still remember also doing... Uh, the word World Trade Center. Wow. Oh my God. I remember. I still remember when I was in university and they uh, set a new building really close to ours and it was called World Trade Center. And I couldn't say it. I couldn't say world. I don't remember the way they were saying it, but wow, that was hard. So what I started doing is I went to YouTube and I started looking for different kind of actors. I don't remember which actor I was mimicking, but I do remember uh watching a video and then just for like 10 seconds 
and I was like, okay, I like this guy's voice. I want to sound exactly like this guy. I sound nothing like this guy because I have a very thick accent. So what I started doing is I watched the video, 10 seconds. I took notes of what they were saying in, in whatever scene that was happening. Uh, I remembered and I started copying it. So I started, I played the video and I said exactly the same thing as the actor was saying and trying my best to sound like him uh, to the point that, uh, you know, I just stopped thinking about it. And I like right now, everyone considers me as a native English speaker. I consider myself now as a native English speaker. I don't think about the language anymore. I just do stuff. And just remember, everyone, I started doing this after 20, you know, and then we tend to push our children, push our kids, our sons and daughters to be perfect at spelling at the age of five, six and seven. So let's please stop doing that and enjoy the process of learning the language. And for me, it was mind blowing because I never thought about saying third instead of saying I don't remember, but it was like third or third. <laughs> I was just like remembering it. It's, ah, it was, it's, it's just uh, really funny. So definitely uh, find a role model. This is something that you might do. So this might this might mean connecting with other bilingual families uh, in your community, in the school that you go to. Uh, if you're not doing so already, but maybe going to an Ekaiwa and in choosing the Ekaiwa, not because it's close to your house, but choosing the Ekaiwa because of the teacher. I've heard many, many times that a teacher doesn't make any difference at a school. I completely do not believe that. I do believe that a single person, a single person can make a massive, massive difference in any company. This is not just in uh, educational industries. I do believe that in any company, one single person, one single person can be way more valuable than 10 people who are not putting their best effort. Okay, so we have two more uh, segments to uh, cover. And this third one, ah, it's a toughie. It's a toughie because as a teacher and with an over over a decade of teaching and in Japan, it's been, I'd say, nine years of teaching in Japan and meeting so many different parents. Their high expectations are. I cannot put it in a single word. I, I, I would love for parents to understand the process of learning, how long it takes to grasp the idea of something so usually um when i have a meeting with a parent i ask this kind of question and i ask how many times do you think your child has written the word hello it's a very easy word we say it all the time how many times do you think your child has written that word and to be honest if we're talking about a first grader second grader i would go and I would take a risk and say probably less than 20 times. If it, that this, this depends if the teacher is not doing like a spelling quiz or uh, testing and stuff like that. But normally I would say less than 20 times. And we're talking about the word hello. And then you're expecting your child to be able to spell the word because correctly the entire time. Wow. Let's lower expectations and increase the enjoyment of learning a new language. Okay. So... Let's go, yes, so number three, I'm sorry, I was already moving to uh, segment four, but no, segment three is 
and it's crucial. So please, just just with the pure title, you should be able to understand what I'm trying to say is celebrating your child's bilingualism. So please, let's try and remember when we were children, when we were five, when we were six, when we were seven. We were even struggling writing our own native language. And I, when I see uh, Japanese children, I, I do have some that I've known since they were three years old. Now they are nine, becoming 10. Uh, some others I met when they were five, six, and now they're, they're like 12, 13, 14. It's, in, it's incredible. And I remember asking the, their caregivers, so could you please show me like a notebook? Because I know in, in Japan, you sit down a lot and you write a lot on different notebooks. So I would see their hiragana notebooks, their katakana notebooks, their kanji notebooks. And I still remember one. I was super cute. It was super cute. This girl wanted to write the word in kanji, taiku. But she forgot the first part of tai. And she wrote just hon. <laughs> so her kanji would be honiku and when you <laughs> and when you see that kanji it was all over the place it was a super messy super super messy uh, kanji and of course the mom would get upset with her the teacher would get upset with her and what happened the child just like i don't want to write anymore i don't want to try anymore now she's in grade uh three she's moving up to grade four and i saw her writing recently it's absolutely beautiful just please remember Please remember, it takes time. Patience. It's all about patience. Education and anything that you do is a word that I, I use all the time. And uh, a lot of uh, pro athletes say the same thing. It's also like video games that you play, like, for example, RPG games that you level up. It is all about the grind. The more you do it, the better you, you'll get at it. Okay? So, celebrate. Celebrate your child's bilingualism. Just saying simple stuff such as, you're amazing for being able to speak more than two languages. You're amazing for being able to think in two languages. And if you're just doing three, because I've met some crazy children that are fluent in Chinese, fluent in, Cha in Japanese, and fluent in English, or fluent in Turkish, fluent in Japanese, fluent in English. I've seen so many different kinds of children that they're six or seven, and it's unbelievable the skills that they have. Okay, so let's move on to the last one before we wrap up this, I think it's our sixth episode. We're, we're on a roll here, so let's keep on going. So segment four would be making the most of technology. So if you remember last episode, last episode was about screen time and there all the negative effects of screen time. Um, at the same time, there are a bunch of benefits, and I will also talk about the benefits of screen time for uh, young children. So I, I, I like doing just both sides, one focusing on the negative sides and one focusing on the positive sides. At the same time, maybe in the future, I will do longer podcasts in where I cover both the negative and, and, and positive. But making the most out of technology, and, and this is pretty straightforward, very simple. Uh, nowadays, we have iPads, Kindles, phones, Netflix, YouTube, TikTok, and all of just an amount, an incredible amount of educational apps out there. So technology can be a powerful tool in supporting your child's bilingual development. You can find educational apps, videos in both languages as well. Even the Nintendo Switch has like a math, I forget the name, but I do remember when I was learning kanji, I used to use the Nintendo DS and there was a uh, kanji 
soft that would teach you all the strokes. And because of that, I was able to pass. I don't remember what Kankin, but it was like Kankin for uh, junior high school, second grade or third grade. But anyway, you can find a bunch of educational apps and videos in both languages. Connect with other bilingual fa families at the same time. I do know that some uh, people, they do take like online lessons for like one coin, like 500 yen. And every time the teacher is different. So I don't know if I recommend that or not. And you might have people who are not native English speakers. So I don't know if I really recommend that. You, I, I might recommend better to go uh, a little bit more expensive and good quality. Uh, but also, also, if you're doing in, in going, for example, Eon is like a Kaiwa. Uh, there's another uh, Nova a uh, Kaiwa. You have another one, Wimby a Kaiwa. Just whatever a Kaiwa that you go to, please be sure to know the credentials of the teacher. And is the teacher making the class entertaining? Or he, or he or she is just using the textbook and just reading the textbook. Is it is the teacher making it interesting? That's the most important thing. Okay, so to wrap it up, um, raising bilingual children with monolingual parents or non-monolingual parents, it's going to be hard. Even if the even if you do not want your child to speak a different language, and even if you're doing everything in 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 Japanese, for you parents out there, seriously, my most I respect you so much. Everything that you do, you do it for your child. Everything that you want, you want the best for your child. I completely understand that. Uh, I wish I could know it. So I, I say I understand it because I, I every year I change students and I have different different children. And I have my expectations as well. But I, I wish I could know it. Maybe in the future I'll have a kid of my own and I could push my little kid as well to be able to spell because and beautiful by the age of three. <laughs> of course not. I will never do that. But uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in today. Again, this is Q, Q Chan and with your host, Q Chan. You can also call me Mr. Q and or basically whatever you want. And let me know. Just send me a message if there's any particular topic that you would like to know more about. I am more, more, more than happy to do so. So see you next time. And I hope you enjoy your coffee. All right. See ya in peace.